You're listening to Everything Horses and More podcast with me, your host, Caroline Best. I'm the founder of my Dow Horsemanship Method, a pioneer in horse training and development, and a true advocate of the horse. I bring an intuitive and educated eye, along with an experienced and intelligent perspective to understanding both horse and human nature and behavior. My experience and skill sets are the cornerstone to my worldwide success in training methodology. My experience with horses as intelligent, sentient beings is what inspired me to create my highly acclaimed and proven training method, Consensual Partnership Training for Horses and Humans, a model I pioneered in 2008. Consensual Partnership Training provides a comprehensive and impressive curriculum, teaching horse owners how to fully develop their horses using a holistic, empathetic, and natural process. My training system teaches you how to achieve true partnership with horses and without the use of pain, excessive pressure, dominance, force, or coercion. In addition to being a world-class trainer for both horses and people, I'm an artist, author, entrepreneur, speaker, radio show host, licensed working equitation trainer, and riding foundation specialist. I offer one of the largest and most comprehensive online educational platforms, the Dow of Horsemanship, where I host a variety of courses produced and personally taught by me and my amazing schoolmasters. In addition to sharing what I know in my in-person training and online courses, I invite special guests and students each month to my radio show, Everything Horses and More podcast. This platform allows us to engage with all of you and share our very personal and transformational journey with horses. I invite you to listen in and hope you find something that helps inspire you to reach your personal goals and aspirations with your horse. Thank you. And may you always be one with horses. Welcome back, everybody. You know who I am, Caroline Best, founder of the Dow Horsemanship and Everything Horses and More video library and podcast. And welcome back to two Lydia's, Lydia Primavera, my beautiful co-host, and Lydia Kalenchnik. Yep, that's it. You got it. I did. I got it. You know, I can say this. I rehearse it on my own. And it's, <laughs> I have to say, I say it very well. And then I like freeze. <laughs> And I don't want to mess it up. And I'm like, what is it? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, welcome back to Siri, to our series with Lydia Kleshnik. Kleshnik. Yes. Our series is the divinity of horses. And this is part three. And um, horses leading us into expanded consciousness. Before we get in to this amazing uh, discussion with Lydia, and it's also a continuation of where we left off in part two, where you're going to continue. I think we were on what number five of your 12 ancient principles of your high performance wellness coaching. So before we get into all of that, um, I had shared some emails with Lydia already, both Lydia's and our, and our guest speaker, Lydia Kloneshnik about having conversations with, with horses and dreams and how my late horses have come to me um, and recently too. And so that's something that 
we thought we'd I I'd share and Lydia Primavera, my co-host, had a has a story as well to tell. So we thought we'd start this podcast off with these stories. Um, so if anybody's been to my Facebook page this week, I just posted um about my incident with one of my beloved horses on Sunday, Lovey. And so the incident was a colic, and I was taking care of the horses on the weekend. I do have a part-time staffer who does a phenomenal job this weekend. She'll, she'll do the horses in the morning, but anyway, I do most weekends and every night and uh, lovey had a mild colic a week before. And I don't know how many of you are aware of or familiar with the different types of colic. It can be so scary. I lost my beloved legend over a year ago to colic, most likely um, at the age of 29 or 30 and it was a sudden death. And I've had a ton of experience with horses and colic over the years. Um, and Legend had also been uh, a horse many, many years ago that had colic frequently because of the type of healing and the process of healing that that he was going through when I first got him. And I and in my education and learning and in you know taking him to all these clinics and trailering him around, and I didn't realize, and no one was telling me or teaching me back then how sensitive he was and all these different changes, and that no one spoke of self-regulation. I I was one of the first to come out as a horse trainer. And I say it like that because a lot, I think there are a lot of equine therapies out there that are more educated with the equine learning that understand emotional agility, the psychology of emotional agility with humans and horses. And so I was one of the first to write articles about emotional agility and understand, because I kept questioning why is he colicking every time we go to a clinic or we go somewhere different and there's so much stress. And yes, um, so Lovey, Lovey colicked a week ago and it was mild. And I had a group of students here and we were having group lessons. And I gave her some banamine and I let her out of her stall because she was knocking on her stall. She wanted to be part of the group before we started. Let her out. She free roaming. My horses are like dogs. You know, they the, the rule is you can't be let out unless you're going to stay connected and listen to me. And so if I call you to come back, you must come back or you lose that privilege. And so she's she does. She listens. And so she just literally followed us around the other week. And I could tell that that she just was ready to go. She could not wait to get back into the work. And I'm not working with anyone. I'm spending most of my time revamping a ton of the materials that I created and, and relaunching some things. And it's too hot right now. It's just way too hot. So she she sprung back and she followed us everywhere last week. And it was fine. This Sunday, she colics again. And it's around 9.30 and close to 10. And I'm getting ready to, to finish up in the morning. And then I'm going to clean up and go get my mom and bring her home for the day. It did not happen. Um, close to 10, when I'm getting ready to leave the barn, I'll come back later. She's out there pawing. And um, so I called the vet. I spent four hours hand walking her, preventing her from lying down, preventing her from roll, trying to roll, pawing. She pawed so hard, you guys, for four hours because I had to take her everywhere while I was taking care of the horses. And I was sweating and I was bringing her into the barn in front of the fan. I was trying to do energy work on her. I was doing everything I could. She pawed so hard on the concrete in the barn. She shaved her front hooves completely straight off. So she peeled back. She chipped them and then she just shaved them off. 
So, you know, I'm starting to cry, you know, midway through the four hours, I'm exasperated and starting to panic and it's not getting any better. And I've given her almost a double dose of banamine in two hours and you can't give them a lot of banamine because it's bad for their kidneys. Oh boy. So, um, it's when I started to cry and it was, I was sobbing, I was leaning into her, uh, And I'm just like, you know, F me, what the hell? Why does this keep happening? You know, I can't take another death. I just lost my Trinity in a matter of a few years. I just, you know, what's the purpose of all of this? Am I even, I'm questioning everything. I'm like, should I even be doing this? If I lose Lovey, she's my next protege. You know, we're so close. This, the next, you know, level of horses that I have after my Trinity are bring me into, they mirror my next level of my new level of consciousness, they mirror where I am. They are not like my old Trinity. And that's a, that's a profound conversation where we can continue these podcasts. I'm not going to finish that today. And I'm going, you know, so I'm, I'm getting more anxious, right? I'm getting dizzy. I'm leaning up against her. I'm crying. And then I just go, you know, basically, God damn it. Legend, Smokey and Sundance. I fucking need you right now. I'm like, please just, I need support. I don't need an answer. I just need support. And bam, comes the song on the radio. Just like, bam, I got the last word out of my mouth. And here comes Legend's song for me by Whitney Houston. I'll always love you. It's really by Dolly Parton. And uh, she gave permission for Whitney uh, to sing it. And it became a sensation. And, And I stopped crying. I just felt when that song came on, I mean, I was in full-fledged, like anxiety, questioning, frothing at the mouth, (laughs) crying, you know, into my horse. And then I felt that presence of legend, like I have felt the presence of two and four-legged loved ones come through me and into me. And I just stopped and I just got calm. And I was like, okay, I got this. Thank you. I got this. Like the clarity, like the got this was, I just had clarity, like all that dizziness and feeling overwhelmed and that anxiety attack that I was about to have just dissipated completely. Um, And so good news is we survived the four hours until the vet came and she was wonderful. She was a new vet who was on call. And a couple of things I want to share with everyone that I didn't realize is um, I had the right kind of electrolytes. You want salt, not sugar, um, number one. And number two, Lovey just wasn't drinking enough water. So colic can be stress, which it was for legend and many of my horses back in the day as we were learning and healing together. Um, so we have stress, we have barometric pressure. That's a big one. I've always lived near the water. Well, Maryland and now here in Florida and those barometric 30 degree, uh, pressure drops or, or spikes can, can cause gas. Um, a lot of vets won't, don't talk about this. These are things I used to ask about that just, I was questioning and reading and kind of putting things together back in the day. Now vets are, are, are talking more and more about it, it that colic can be stress, that colic can be barometric pressure, colic can be gas, colic can be um, an impaction, obviously. And so Lovey was not, did not have an impaction. She had a nice, healthy, moist um, pile of manure that morning when she was colicking. And then when the vet came, and of course I wanted Lovey tubed, 
you want this. You don't just want the gut, the the vet to come and listen for gut sounds, which her gut sounds were excellent. You, but she was very extended. You could see the bloat. So I wanted her tubed, and the tubing is both the electrolytes and oil. And then I want her hand to go in her rectum. They'll put a sleeve all the way up to the shoulder, and I want her to feel around and make. Please make sure that all her organs are where they're supposed to be. Because if a horse doesn't have to roll to start twisting and Lovey could have been twisting the night before and I, and I would not have known, right guys. I mean, she could have been colicking that night and then just appeared okay for food and then was colicking again. So you want to make sure all the organs, the spleen, the intestines are where they're supposed to be. And then third, when she puts her hand in there, she's going to feel around for an impaction. She did not feel an impaction. She pulled out more loose, moist stool but she did find, she calls them hard balls of manure. So Lovey, after she pulled the rest of the remaining moist manure out, Lovey had some, it wasn't impaction, but they were hard balls, enough to upset Lovey. Lovey's very sensitive. Here we call so them she pulled rocks. All those what, honey? Here they're called rocks because they're that. I've never like, heard of it. They're like a little river they rock. They are. It's just like a river we, rock. Yep. It was hard. I'd never heard of that. Nobody had explained really it or showed that. Yes, it's very hard for them. Yeah. To so, yes. So she got that out. And then, of course, we did the tubing and um, and we're, we're good to go. Now we've got our eye on her and, and how to, uh, like, you know, my vets tell me, you know, you don't want to give horses electrolytes. I've had people giving horses down here electrolytes every day. You know, you don't. You want the horse to have a choice. So, um it's recommended to have a bucket of fresh water in the stall, even though we have automatic waters, you know, for a while I want to, I want to monitor as much as I can and a bucket of electrolytes and let them choose. Now the next day or two, um, I did put a half a scoop of electrolytes in her feed and she wouldn't eat all her feed. So that's just telling you she, she didn't need it or want it, but this was what's cool. Not only were like the next 12 piles of manure moist, you guys, which is a lot. Wow. That really cleaned her system out. Both Clarissa, my staffer and I noticed that her urine was the clearest it's ever been. So she's definitely back on track, but you just need to pay attention to that. And Lovey is for all of you that know Lovey, she is such a super awesome, sensitive horse. And, but, you know, while I was panicking, I'm, you know, beating myself up, like, and thank God my husband, he came down and, and he doesn't handle the stress very well. So it stresses him out. So that didn't help in the beginning, but then he came back down and was there the whole time with, for me and, and with the vet and, you know, he's just, it was encouraging, you know, don't take it out on yourself. I'm like, am I causing this? You know, because I just worry and I don't feel like I am at all, but I just worry because I've had so many situations in the past with my Trinity while we were both healing and I was going through a divorce and I lost everything and went bankrupt and I lost a lot of money that I made with my previous business. And just, it was a horrific situation. And I just started this business with the horses and, and it was the most frightening time of my life for many reasons. And each one of my horses, and I had a fourth horse at the time, a little Arab that I ended up selling to one of my clients in Vermont who I was very attached to, and they just all would colic. They would all take turns colicking um, at the new 
knew a location after I separated and was divorcing from my first marriage. And I was so stressed out and each one mirrored that stress, you know, and I, I just, that biggest fear in me as I, during my personal growth is not, you know, getting that projecting or transferring all of the above. I don't want my horses to own my shit. I want them to get to a place and my Trinity eventually got to that place where they had that healthy level of autonomy from me um, because they were so healthy that they didn't take on my pain. And if I understand correctly, too, in my experiences and education about shamans, that the old shamans used to take on the the disease or the demon or the pain um, and but and, and take it on and, and fight it. Um, and the new shamans don't like they're, they're just a healthier, am I correct or no, <laughs> Lydia? <laughs> no, I don't want to interrupt you, but absolutely. Like we never, never, ever, ever want to take on energy of anyone or anything. I mean, that's, um, I mean, I've done, I don't know, in almost 30, over 30 years, thousands and thousands of Reiki sessions and um, individual, like individual sessions. Yeah. And I never, ever uh, take on the cancer or the trauma or anything like that. And the, I teach my students yeah. about that. That's the non-attachment, but you're absolutely right. When I started learning years ago, we were, we were told some of the old masters died young because they would absorb yes. energy. So we're all evolving. And uh, so, well, let me, let me share this really horrific story with you. I agree. And I think that the Trinity is the first my first experience with horses coming back, it, us both coming back in, in this life together again, legend died. And what he told me when he was dying, and Janine is my witness because she was here during this, was that I have to leave now. Now is the only window of time. And I'm taking your husband's cancer with me. I mean... Smokey died at 21, way too young. He had crippling arthritis. Sundance died at 21. You know, Cushing's, advanced Cushing's disease, not crippling arthritis, but also most likely either cancer or she of ulcers because legend had died her husband the year before. I just, I'm like, what is going on here? You know, my fear now is, and I've said this for years to um, Lovey, Joey. So Joey, when Smokey died, Joey would never hug me. And they were all in a stall as we were saying goodbye before we were going to bury him, put him down and bury Smokey. So it was Smokey and the three thoroughbreds, Joey, Lovey and Blue in there. And Joey was the closest to the door. And I'm closing the door and I'm sobbing because I know we're getting ready to take Smokey to his burial spot on the property. And I and I and Joey comes towards me. And I look at him and he tells me, I'm going to take over. I'm going to take over for Smokey. And he leans over the stall and pulls me in and hugs me. Of course, you know, with his, his uh, jaw, pulls me into the stall door and hugs me. He's never touched me like that in his life. And so I'd had him for seven years. It's 10 years now. And, um, and, and that, and I knew that he was going to, he was going to take a piece of Smokey with him. Um, I just, I, I would say to my horses, the next 
tear, you know, lovey and blue and, and Zor and Joey. I'm like, I don't want you to own this. I don't want you to own anything. I please don't, don't put me through this and don't put yourself through this. You know, it's, it's been a horrific learning curve for me sharing this journey with the Trinity and them taking so much of my pain. And I feel like when Sundance died, was it devastating? Absolutely. But it was liberating at the same time because I, I felt a sense of peace for her and myself that this, she kept saying, I don't want to be a burden anymore. And I didn't understand it, but I did when she, when she left, because it's kind of hard to let go of the old way. And they protected me so much for so many years. And now it's my, my time to, I don't have to worry about them, you know, getting sick or taking on my pain anymore and holding that. It's like we got trapped in that vicious cycle and just couldn't, couldn't break free of that, you know, that dysfunction. I don't know how to say it. It's huge though. And I don't feel it's the same with the new tier of horses, you know, my new family that's been part of that family, but I'm, it's like having kids. I don't want to raise you the same way. You know, I want it to be better and different. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to, Lydia, anything you want to share? I have (laughs) anything you want to share from that? Thank you. First of all, Caroline, for that heartfelt uh, soul expression to share with all of us, the journey with horses because for those of us who live with our horses, uh, care for our horses 24-7, run businesses, um, have lie other lives as well, and then <laughs> learning how to balance that at a very high level of energetic sophistication is part of that journey, right? And the journey that you described mm-hmm. with us is 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 honest I mean we we go through that when we're the ones on the property caring for them you know day and night and and wanting the best and and having a spiritual uh uh, not just relationship but union uh with them so I don't want it's been dysfunctional it's also been dysfunctional that's that's the aha moment I had that I'm sharing and and I feel really vulnerable because you know it's, it's, it's a dysfunction though. The, I, I, it's like a, that Sunday when legend came through me and all this kind of came together, I'm like, I just had this huge epiphany, how dysfunctional, how beautiful my relationship with the Trinity, but also dysfunctional, you know, and, and if I can help anyone, cause I certainly have worked with plenty of students who have dysfunctional relationships with their horses too. And, you know, it's, you don't see it when you're in it. You just, it's so hard to see it when you're in it Um, and to understand, you know, how good or how bad it was. And I, I, I just, I, I want to leave that not to be rude and interrupt you, Lydia. I just, there's a, I've seen a lot of people because I deal more with, you know, as an instructor and horse trainer, I deal more with the students with horses than the students that come to you for the energy healing so I've just seen a lot now of dysfunction. Now you're in my it's turf. Not fair to the horse. Talking, now you're in my turf because you're talking dysfunction family. <laughs> now, yeah, I, my expertise is alcoholism. Really, like I've lived it, mm-hmm. I've recovered from it, I've sponsored in all forms of it. Right? I've like known yes, yes. all the angles. 
And um, yeah, this is, but to me, this is different. This isn't horses coming to us in dreams. This is horses coming to us in in awakeness. We're to not save dreaming. us. Yeah, they all, they all chose me. Dream. They all chose I me. I haven't had a dream I remembered since 2007. I know the year they quit. So mm-hmm. my experience was I was sitting on the front porch and um, my good friend Yvonne actually had called me to get sober and she just died recently, but it was, she was still alive and I was waiting for her to want to pick me up. And I was sitting on my front bench looking north and in my awakeness, Caroline's horse, Smokey, came to me and said, I am Tate. And I have always heard dead people and stuff. Like, I don't see, I see them. I don't, I don't see a whole family that needs to talk to their family. That's not how this works for me. I hear things in short sentences or color or a vibration or an energy. Okay. So I know it's her horse that I've never met because I have been watching teaching videos of this horse and her together. I know what that energy feels like. I know that well. And here is a horse coming to me and saying something as stupid as I am Tate. And I'm like, like, what do you mean by that? Well, here's the deal. I lost a horse tragically when I was young. And my cousin Tate came all the way from the East Coast to Idaho to stay with my parents. When I was starting the seventh grade, I got scarlet fever. I had lost a horse. And there, yeah, there was a lot going on. My sister had run away. I felt abandoned. There was so much. And Tate came and he was my spiritual guide through this. This is a, a young man who comes from a Christian evangelistic family that tried to get me to get reborn and all of that, but he never forced any of that on me. He always told me, trust yourself, your own intuition. So here is this person coming to me in horse form saying he's my new spiritual guide. Yeah and keep watching from Caroline because I'm right here. I never have gone. I've never left. I'm still your spiritual guide. I come to you in many forms, not just human form. So that was really cool. Like, yeah, that's, that's, and it gets more and more and happens Uh, All the time, more frequently, the more I practice Taoism with horses. (laughs) This this 12-step practice that parallels a 12-step recovery practice that somebody else came up with in 1939 for people that had no way out of drinking, right? So people don't just who are addicted to alcohol don't just quit drinking. They can't just will this thing that happens. Yeah. So 
there's a whole spiritual thing that has to happen and it's a it's a psychic change and caroline developed a psychic change for the horse bill and bob developed a psychic change for the alcoholic or the addict mm-hmm. yeah. it's really neat how it's all healing all it's the all dots healing. are getting connected Recovery. yeah all, all the dots. Yeah, it's great because I mean, that's how I started the program. I started my work to heal the horses that I had and to heal myself. And that's, that's, uh, that's how it all came together. And then as we're healing, I'm learning all these wonderful techniques and ways of being and, you know, how do you get develop your horse, you know, on the ground and in, in riding. So it, it all became this full circle. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I have one more quick story about legend to you guys. So Wednesday, I wrote this down. So I remembered I was on vacation. Uh, my husband and um, his son, my stepson and I, we went to one of our favorite places. Lydia, you knew this because I'd emailed you both Lydia's. I was in Siesta Key where we got married. We love it down in Siesta Key, Florida. So it's not Key West. It's Siesta Key. It's on the Gulf side and it's by Sarasota. It's right in outside of Sarasota. We love the vacation there. And um, I they went ahead because I had some work to do. So I didn't get there until Wednesday. And my husband and I are two really strong, dynamic personalities. And we are continuing after 13 years of being together, figuring out how to work together. And sometimes it's better than others. And so when I arrived, there's a lot of happiness, of course, and excitement. I'm here. And, um, but I'm not in the right frame of mind. And I, I like, I'm very independent. I kind of just need my space to decompress because I had been working really hard and into the evenings, the two nights prior when they weren't there, I took advantage of that time to get caught up on some work. And so we weren't gelling and, you know, it's disappointing. I'm sure for my husband, because, you know, weren't you excited? Come on. Yeah. And I'm just like, Hey, I just need some space. And so he got irritated and that followed into the evening, you know, bickering, little stupid bickering and picking. And we did not fight, which is really good. Um, but we went to bed with that tension. And I remember lying in bed and calling for my guides, my, my horses, my Trinity spiritual guides, and specifically whoever wanted to show up. And it was legend, you know, I don't, this is the beginning of the rest of our vacation here. I don't want it to start like this. And I could kill him. He frustrates me so much. This is so unnecessary, you know, and you just get so frustrated. And I'm like, please help me. Please help me that when we wake up in the morning that, you know, we just start with a, and it is mindset too. You know, it is mindset. Don't get me wrong. We can choose to have that mindset. But during the night, legend came to me and he came to me in a beautiful dream and he was showing me how to groom him differently. You'll see the metaphors throughout all of this. So here's this beautiful little bay, red bay Arabian. And I just remember looking at his beautiful little body. I just couldn't wait to touch it. And he was smiling. And he's like, that's right. Come to me with love. Touch me like you always touch me with your heart in your hands. Touch me softly. Just be patient. 
all these, all these words, you know, and I'm just welling up with tears in my dream because I'm so excited to be with him and I can feel him. He's there. And when I woke up the next morning, I felt reborn, you know, I didn't wake up angry, didn't wake up stressed out. I was like, I just woke up before Kurt next to me. I woke up before my husband just reliving the way I felt. It was so powerful and so positive. And yes, the tears were just streaming down my face because I'm like, you know, my horse came to me. I could feel him. And it just changed everything. I just went, made some coffee. Kurt got up and I was refreshed. You know, it just changed that whole vibration within me just changed. And that is all that was needed. I didn't need to say anything. It just set a different tone, a different energy. He was very receptive. I could tell that he's very intelligent, my husband, and very in tune. And I I believe he appreciated that. And that was it. But I've never called upon my horses like I have recently, you guys. That's the newest thing for me. It's something that I think being with them every day for so many years, we had these exchanges. I didn't have to ask them to come to me in dreams because they were always here. But since they've left and I have felt such a, a deep loneliness and ache when Legend left, especially, it was hard enough when Smokey was the first, but when Legend left, I was like, oh my God. Um, so I started to go to bed with a mindset and anyone can do this, you know, with the mindset, because I wasn't a, a believer in this format, you know, I'm the believer where, hey, we talk every day because we see each other every day. I was used to that conversation in, in the flow. So now I'm going to bed going, okay, I'm supposed to call my horses, <laughs> supposed to call Smokey and now call Legend who aren't here anymore to come talk to me. I don't know if I believe in this, but it is, it, it is real. I mean, it doesn't happen all the time. But if but it happens every time I ask for it, it happens. And that's beautiful that they will come to me in a dream or come to me in a song and I will feel them. It's not up here. I feel them in my heart. Um, I mean, I've woken up my two labs picture behind me that passed away. We buried them five years ago. God, they came to me, especially the yellow one. He was my soulmate dog right through me. And I would just wake up bawling because you're like, where did you go? But they were happy and they wanted me to know that they were in a great place, my dogs. And they were very happy. That's all I got. Lot. <laughs> For, again, thank you for that heartfelt sharing. And it touches all of us. You know, we we understand from our own experiences um, that type of love, right? And that type of connection. And I have, I could do a whole masterclass on what you just said. <laughs> I'll be able to kind of, <laughs> kind of <laughs> go with the flow of what comes oh. to um, yeah. so to re- to reflect on a couple of things that you said in the dream. Well, first of all, I remember when we were exchanging emails, you had said that you hadn't yet had the horses come to you specifically in dreams in that way on a regular basis. And, and now you're experiencing that. So this is really yes. shows how um, your own energy is evolving 
from from where you were to where you want to be, right? Which is about what you're saying with um, you felt the relationship with your Trinity in some some aspects was perhaps dysfunctional, but perhaps you yes. won't talk about that. But it was perfect for what it was supposed to be, right? Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. Yes. Yeah, so you didn't go into it with a mindset of I'm going to use their spiritual power, you know, to heal my dysfunction. I mean, it was a natural unity of of energy and heart and soul and consciousness for that purpose at that time. So we always want to release self-blame, but have the awareness that you have now. So reflecting back, you could see you can see how it could evolve into something greater, which are the horses you're working with now in in a more um, in in a different frequency of of your own evolution. But it's the most powerful of the of the beings that can come into uh, the places, you know, the people's hearts, you know, the places on Earth to help shift, to help shift the energy from the most difficult vibration or circumstance. So your Trinity and you were very powerful to be able to co-create what you did together. And that was perfect. Right. That was perfect. But you were saying that when, um, when you received, when you heard the song, you know, when you were going into, um, you know, a type of panic when your horse was colicking, Right. And you heard the song and you, you, you suddenly you felt centered and connected, right? And you were conscious, you could make choices. And the same thing with the dream that you, 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 you know, after the dream with your horse, you said everything, nothing needed to be said. You were just back in your center. And so this is one of the gifts from the divine that we receive. And that is pure, highly aligned energy. So I have been told, and I've also read through, you know, or heard about through other channel messages, that when when we ask for help from the divine, from the horse spirits or whoever, that the first thing that is shared is energy. Because we want, they want us to empower ourselves. And the greatest way to do that initially is by adding energy to us. So we there's three fundamental steps in creating energy and that's to strengthen your energy and that's to clear your energy and that's to align your energy. So when we have energy added to us from, from the divine, from the infinite, and that can be from the spirit world to the material world, or that can be through a channeler. Like I'm a Reiki practitioner. So I, I, that's what I do when, when we add energy you know, to another person or animal or the planet, and I'm on the pipeline, you know, you know, that's fundamentally what Reiki is, we're just adding energy to enhance and facilitate to support the energy of that other being. So you receive divine, um, divine energy from those that you are divinely connected to, to help bring you back into your own power. And, 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 and in both cases, you know, when you heard the song and you were panicking about, and then all the doubts and all the questions come forth in a flash, like, why, well, like, what's happening? Should I be doing this? What have I been doing wrong? It comes in a flash because it's meant to be clear 
in a flash, right? It's it's another it does, it does come in a flash. That is what it felt like. Wow. It's always in a flash. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, because that because it was meant so if if you look at that incident, yes, you had to deal with it. I mean, we've all dealt with that living on our farms, all sorts of unexpected crises. You know, you go out yeah. to feed the horses and a fence is down or a horse <laughs> has a nail through its leg or, yeah. uh, you know, something that you couldn't have prevented. It's always, I don't say always, but <laughs> I don't want to put that <laughs> But I think it's always meant for the moment. It's not meant for the past or the present. It's meant for the moment. Yeah. 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 And so when that happens and we are then given an opportunity to step into our power in a greater way, all the residual tethers from our old imprint, from our old patterns are going to come up to be released again through the intensity of that moment. And it comes in the flash, and then and then you ask for help consciously. You know, my when I was a kid, I used to say, "Well, if you're so highly evolved, why should I even ask? You should know I need help, right?" Like, so <laughs> <laughs> like you guys should know. Like, don't tell me I have really? to ask. Like, isn't that kind of grade one? Like, so I had to kind of get on the program on Earth, right, and say, "Okay, I'll ask," right, and. <laughs> And so you should know when I need help because we're connected, right? Like, so (laughs) I get that. That's new for me. That, and that's new for me. Like, I'm like, but you, but it's almost like a self-sabotage when I personally think like that. Well, you should know. And it's like, right. It's like, well, it's like, it, I guess it comes back to what we're talking about a higher level of consciousness though. It's like, I have, I feel like I have to get to that place where I have to ask for whatever reason, there's a, there's a grace in that there's a, there's a level of, of connecting that, that to, to what I'm feeling in understanding on a greater level that will allow the release to happen. Like I have to go through that piece of it. I can't just say, well, you should know you fix it because I'm not, I'm not at, I'm not at the level of consciousness or awareness. Once you ask though, it takes you to, a, I feel different. It takes me to a totally different place. Like I did when I was sobbing in Lovey's body on Sunday and I asked for help. And, and like you said, Lydia, it is a flash. You know, both of you said it's a flash. And I'm like, oh my God, that is exactly with flashes of lots of things were coming up. And all of a sudden they were gone, you know, they were released. And then I feel like I won't really, I won't go back there again. I won't have to go back there again and repeat that. It was let go. I learned something. At that level, at that level. So everything is a spiral, right? Uh, yeah. all, all energy moves in a spiral. So we keep repeating or having similar experiences that we want that no longer serve us of a frequency until it's completely gone. And each time it's lesser and lesser. You know, so yes. I say I do deep healing. It used to take three years for you to process, becomes three months, becomes three weeks, you know, becomes three minutes or three hours and three minutes becomes three seconds and then it's gone. And then that's when you are really living in a more of a Taoist non-attachment state um, for that aspect of self that you have been learning about and, and wanting to release. 
And, and so again, it's sort of like the garden and, and, and weeds in the garden. Like you can, you can take, pull the weeds out of the garden, but until you get all the roots, that weed will pop up again, way far away at the end of the garden in two years. And you're like, I thought I dealt with that weed, you know, I thought I dealt with it, but it was still a little bit of residual frequency left. And the universe will always give us opportunities um, to heal, grow, and evolve, right? And then when when an opportunity arises, sometimes it is in a crisis, then, then there's another chance to release, strengthen, you know, clear, we're clearing and aligning and coming back into the true frequency that we are now in. Um, but we don't want to beat ourselves up if we still find there are tethers. I call it, I call it living in the shadow of the imprint. Uh, when there's a tether that still needs to be released, it's not really bothering us. We know about it. And then suddenly it, it, it reappears, but then we're more conscious. We're, we're more aware of the state we're in. And then we know, okay, this is just part of the spiral of healing and releasing. And, and, and this is just another part of the letting go. Uh, but, um, but, but your connection with your horses spiritually, um, is is divine i mean it's we don't want to the the more conscious we become then the more we're aware of those subtleties but when you're a trinity and you came on earth together that was exactly what you were meant to do together yeah it's crazy i i'm good with that you know i'm not beating myself up about that but wow you know i i I, the legacy they will leave behind, you know, with the work and the the teaching. Yes, Lydia. I want to talk about the ask because to me, it's really important that people don't assume, well, you should help me because you know, because (laughs) the ask is the invitation to help. Like there there could be 10 dead souls around you wanting to help you and you're giving them the F you They can't help you. They might want to help you in all kinds of ways, but if you aren't listening, they can't help. They can only orbit. (laughs) That's my experience is that I had to realize that myself. Like I have to ask or they don't show up and they might knock on other. Actually, I get knocks from them when you guys aren't listening. Like that's when they come to me in a vibration or an energy and it's because they're knocking at your door and you can't hear them knocking at your door going, Hey, I want to help you. I'm out here wanting to help you. I'd like to arrange some things for you, but are you there? And then all of a sudden, Oh, she can hear me. And they go and they come, they pop in and they give me a sentence or, or a nudge that I can nudge you with. And then you go, Oh, that's real. And I'm like, yeah, it's real. They're really showing up. Anyway, so that's my little two cents worth to back up. <laughs> Look at, so Look at your kitty level, cat. Right? And, and, and we're all relating what feels right for us. So there's the ask, and then there's the ask, and then there's the ask, right? There's the conscious ask. There's the ask from the ego. There's the ask from the soul. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the ask from the heart, right? There's this, there's conscious, subconscious, you know, communication. Um, so the point is to... To stay in that connection um, consciously and asking as a conscious, we we we're, we're we're conscious of what we need in the moment, 
right? And and, and yeah. it opens there. the door. I think it's the key that opens the door. If we don't get to that point where we ask, it it we we don't reach that next place of which is releasing or letting go or finding the answer or feeling like you've got an understanding. That's my experience with it. That I'm I'm getting. I've got so many personally myself. I have so many. As I get older, I see this more and more. I have so many walls still, you know, not defense, defense, defensiveness, defense mechanisms, but walls, you know, that I've put up for so long as from my childhood. And I understand, but it's just interesting when I'm like, why can't you just ask, just ask. And what do they say? You shall receive, you know, and, and you still have to be conscious or present enough to, to, to see what's being shown to you. But still, I think that for me, that ask that big aha on Sunday was, I asked and it was the key and bam, he came in like as fast as he could. I'm right here for you. I'm right here. And it is different. I feel the energy from the Trinity is, is healthier. It's different. You know, I, like I said, when Sundance passed, there was a a liberation for me. I, it was, you know, I got, they were my training wheels. You know, they were my wings. I relied on them way too much. There was too much codependency still. And, you know, now I'm like, oh, my God, I have to do this. I can do this. And I'm not going to cripple my next generation of horses, (laughs) you know, to the best of my ability. I'm not going to cripple them, you know, mentally, obviously not physically or emotionally. So, yeah, it's pretty. Wow. It's it's just working on ourselves with all of it. It's sitting with all of it. What, hon? That's why we're always working on ourselves and evolving so that yeah. we can yes. be with them for who they are and who we are. Yeah, it's a lifestyle now. As we go forward on the planet, those who are interested in really living a soul-based life and getting to really understand who they are, it's really healing and personal development as a lifestyle, uh, not just when we're in crisis or not just when yes. we're trying to recover it's 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 an ongoing um integration choice yeah it's a choice it's an interest Mm -hmm. healing as a lifestyle or personal development as a lifestyle i mean that's what i do i mean i'm i'm immersed in it 24 7 and you keep expanding from from where you are and it's very interesting caroline what you said about when one of your horses said you know i have to go now right there's an i don't know if he said an opening or an a a time yes he said there this is my opening i cannot stay and i'm screaming and the vet's looking at me and janine's looking at me and i'm just going i'm screaming and he's screaming back and i'm screaming at him and I'm like, no, you have to stay. You're not done yet. What are you talking about? And he's like, no, this is my opening. This like a portal. This is my opening. And I'm taking, I'm taking your husband's cancer with me. So well, yeah. And and so and so we don't really know in our um the frequency of the material world, always the multidimensional complexities of of, of our lives, right? Because we're all all multidimensional beings and so so are the horses. And so sometimes you hear about, like I know a few years ago in our neighborhood, there was one day in, um, in the summertime when several horses in the community suddenly left. And, and I was, and one of them was mine and it was, you know, it was devastating. It was completely devastating. And, uh, and then 
I found out later, you know, through channel messages and and the horses that came, they said there was a, a special portal that was open and we were being called to the other side and we had to go. Like we had to go. That was our opportunity to to have really a beautiful spiritual birth into the higher realms. And and even though some of those horses said they didn't feel everything was done, but that things change. Things change in the spiritual world as much as they change in the material world. But it's always in alignment. It's always in alignment. And mm-hmm. so sometimes there are those unexpected moments where um, somebody, a a person or um, an animal or a horse has to leave. And we don't, Mm -hmm. it's devastating for sure. But but if they express that to us, then then that is a higher calling, you know, for them. And I've worked with many, as you know, my specialty for most of those 25 years was helping clients with cancer and, and, and I've worked with many clients where a pet, like one pet in the house, would essentially take on that energy and pass away while the person was healing. Now, I've just been the observer of that. I, you know, I didn't have any any idea of what was going on. Um, but we don't we don't really know the soul mission, right, of 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 all the animals. And they do. I mean, we don't even know ourselves. <laughs> All of my my mentors have left on President's Day years apart. Oh my gosh. My my mother, what a portal. Mother, my father, and the man that taught me falconry and science. The one Mm. that told me all the all the ones that told me what my purpose was here left on President's Day. And that is different. Days of the month, right? That moves around. President's Day does, mm-hmm. and so did those. I think so. Yeah, with the day, it. Whoa! Be careful if you're my mentor, <laughs> Caroline. <laughs> well, I'm still here. <laughs> well, we're not anywhere close to oh February my. either. <laughs> Oh my gosh. What relates to one of the universal principles is everything that has a beginning has an end. And even though life is eternal, and even though our souls are eternal, the way in which we um, manifest and support each other, um, everything changes. That's another principle, right? Change is the constant of the universe. So this is all part of the flow of living in the flow of universal energy and this is the change that's happening, the big paradigm shift that's happening um, over the next several decades and onward on our planet is to release that need for intellectual control and to some degree, intellectual understanding. I mean, we need to have some knowledge, like you were sharing about colic and, and, and you know, and about functional things and mm-hmm. uh, like physiology and that sort of thing, but we're evolving um, and we are returning back um, into the awareness of our multidimensional selves. And it's and it's quite a process. I mean, we're all having experiences that are initiating us into our greater wholeness. And n- with the knowing that everything that is beginning has an end, right? In terms of the yes. nature 
of our manifestation while being conscious that we are in an eternal flow and oneness of energy, right? There's no, there is no separation. And this, this, this is something I came to realize in my own healing, but it's a teaching of the, of the ancient, you know, of the, of the ancient um, spiritual uh, philosophers and, and our modern, Mm -hmm. our modern world has taught us that you excel through specialization, through intellectual uh, dominance, through mastering your mind. Now, I, I support mindset for sure. I completely support mindset. But mindset is the first step uh, towards flow state, right? And then we're just learning how to live in flow state. Where a lot of the animals, in this case, talking about horses, they all they already know. I mean, they're they they already like your horse knew naturally to help release the cancer and that she had to go through that portal. Um, And it's not to say, like we said before, they don't feel trauma or they don't feel suffering and pain on the earth plane, but they continue in the midst of that. They remember who they are as high spiritual beings. They remember their soul mission. And that's why they have the patience. You know, you know, sometimes we look at forget. Sorry. I think it's more like they never forget. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They have to remember they never forget. Yeah, that's right. They so they never lost that. Where humans it has been mm-hmm. trained out of humans uh, at a young age uh, yes. to not value the spiritual connection. I mean, that's why the word woo woo, you know, is around. Well, you can call it whatever you want, but woo woo is the essence of the universe. Woo woo mm-hmm. is universal energy and. I love it. People can discuss it in a derogatory way, but that just reflecting their own separation um, from the oneness of life. That's all. It's a defense mechanism. Like I don't denigrate people who pride themselves in their intellectual prowess. So why would they denigrate others for connecting with uh, spiritual aspects? You know. So so intellectual. It's yeah, intellectual people come it's from a place of insecurity, yes. right? Um, yes. And and so we carry on, but the but the horses, you know, sometimes they or sometimes, arrogance, insecurity or arrogance. Well, yeah, but they're so related, right? The two are so related. Yeah, it's, it is. But but the people that are arrogant would never think they're insecure, and vice versa. But that is what kills our earth and that's what kills that's genocide that's what creates every evil out there is what we're talking about Air, levels of arrogance levels of insecurity greed too much intellectual you know uh yeah intellectualizing and it, it, there's a yeah it's scary it's really scary well, i would say the human mind can the human, human mind the human, the human intellect can justify anything yes and that is a tragedy yeah Yes, can, that's a great point. They can themselves into anything and then they feel self-justified in whatever they're doing. And that's a complete and total disconnect from the soul and the oneness of life. And this is what we're here to help humans the flow. with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's that beautifully said. Every beginning has an end. Sorry? Well, yeah, let's five. Yeah, no, I'm going to go through them real quick her, 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 to catch us up with the 12. So, yeah, I mean, you just, we left off 
the other a couple of weeks ago with with your 12 ancient principles um to which is a roadmap this is i'm just going to give everyone who who isn't familiar with this a little brief um summary so we can catch up where we left off so these 12 ancient principles of your this is lydia's high performance wellness coaching are the roadmap to mastering your inner power and health managing your energy and stress and reclaiming your sovereignty they teach us the art of living, knowing when to apply oneself and when to pull back, how to create true balance and abundance. And to get started, reflect on any one of these principles. And so in our last podcast, number one was everything is energy. Number two, energy never lies. You can't fool mother nature. Number three, for every problem, there is a solution. Number four, everything that happens to you is what you lack. All that is antagonistic, unbearable is complementary. And then you started just now, Lydia, with number five, everything that, or we had number five the last time, everything that has a front has a back, the bigger the front, the bigger the back. Then you started just now with number six, everything that has a beginning has an end. Number seven, everything changes, aka changes the constant yes of the universe. And then let's talk about number eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12. <laughs> well, we can introduce them, but I mean, staying in the flow, uh, you know, of, of, of our conversation. Yes. The conversation. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, you've, you've shared so uh, magnificently, uh, Caroline, the incredible experience and journey of having living, living our lives with the hearts and souls of horses and for everyone who's listening, um, it is a huge, it's beautiful experience and also a huge responsibility and also an incredible way to co-create with the divine and, 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 and to help. Um, it's like a, um, it's like a fast track right of your own personal growth to live with horses. Cause as you're saying, you know, when you've had those moments where you called on the spirits of horses uh, for for support and for guidance, you evolved, right? You were able to release um, tremendous um, aspects of self that we no longer need. Like we're, this is what we're, we're on a fast track right now. Um, there's exponential growth, opportunity for exponential growth on the planet for those who are interested, <laughs> um, yeah. that, um, uh, to experience the phenomenal joy and security mm-hmm. um, and stability of returning to our wholeness. It, it is so phenomenal. And, and being with horses in this kind of way is is a huge um, aspect of that for those who embrace that and with animals, but horses, I mean, I know I've been caring for senior special needs horses for over 25 years. And, um, and as you said, last time, you know, you're in the middle of planning something and then suddenly something happens and then your whole life changes. All your plans changed because your first, your first priority is the love and care of those horses Mm -hmm. But as you said, mm-hmm. it teaches you to be in that moment. It teaches you to enjoy. That's what you mentioned last time. To enjoy the experience, like you're saying, you create your experiences, um, and then to realize that whatever you were working on, 
ends up being, it was better that it, that you did it later anyways. That's what I've learned. <laughs> it's like, even though I plan to do something, when I, when I come back to it weeks or months or, or years later, whatever, whatever it is, I'm so grateful I didn't do it then because yes. it was to be dealt with later. So that intervention of, or, you know, change of plans of a horse needing help, right? If And we're the steward of the horse in the physical plane, um, then that was meant to be so that I could, that horse could heal and that I could also heal, grow and evolve. So I look at it differently now, right? As a horse steward, as a horse owner, that how our daily, yes. how our daily lives shift is, is what the journey is. It's, it mm-hmm. really teaches you non-attachment. It really teaches you to learn how to be yes. sensitive and conscious, bring in the spiritual aspect, live from the intuition and knowing. And then there's all the knowledge, you know, like you were saying about colic or, or about an mm-hmm. injury, right? Or about how to heal with the vets, how to heal holistically, how to work mm-hmm. with the vets and holistically, right? Like This is really important. Yeah a huge undertaking for those of us who who honor horses and 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 have reverence for them uh because we took them out of their natural environment my horses most horses can't go into some beautiful lake or body of water in clean mud and stand there for six hours and and heal their joints or heal their wound. We don't, so we have to provide that for them, you know? Um, So I never come from the mindset like, oh, well, you know, I pay for your food. So the least you can do, you know, is not X, Y, or Z. I mean, imagine if I were, imagine if I, if I were like essentially, you know, a prisoner. I mean, we love our horses. We don't think of them as a prisoner, but I have, I'm totally dependent as a horse or as a human and adult, I would say the dolphin world, like I'm totally dependent on that human for every aspect. And yet I'm also here to completely love them and support Mm -hmm. them unconditionally. So what a high spiritual being, what a high spiritual being to, to have the patience and the inner knowing uh to 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 be dependent i mean i like my one of my big things because i was ill as a child i don't like being dependent right i want to have my ability to make my choices and to live the life that i want to live and i just can't imagine being dependent on one person for every aspect of my existence right um and and then still have the uh spiritual um uh knowing and 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 evolved state of being to love them unconditionally that's a good point too, you just made about being yeah being so dependent i think you know bringing bringing this conversation down to uh, a uh, on a practical level for people that that have horses and i love the word steward i hate the word ownership just like i hate the word training you know we're developing yeah. it's not training but on a more practical level there's two things i wanted to to point out in our conversation honing this in it's like this is part of being in the now you know this is what we're talking about being in the now being 
attuned, being present to your horse's needs. And I know a lot of people board their horses, or if you have them in your backyard, you're limited to space, you're limited to finances still. I, I'm going to jump for a minute. I also believe horses choose to come. I am a firm believer, 100%, you guys, that we don't choose our horses. They choose us. I so believe they are messengers sent from another planet. And I've said this before in other podcasts. I don't believe they're of this earth. I believe they're from the heavens. I believe that they are from a whole a different portal, different spiritual realm, aliens, whatever you want to call it. They're not from this earth. In all the years and thousands of people I've worked with, with and horses, I've seen the same pattern. I've seen these horses come in the stories that that we talk about because it's me, you know, and people will open up and they know that they can share these crazy woo-woo-y thoughts. And I'm here to say they're not woo-woo-y. You know, look at look at the pattern here. And and these horses choose us and they come to us as messengers. It's up to us whether or not we want to be open or even if we can't be open, perhaps they're just there to support us and give us whatever comfort we need during this period in our lives. But in layman's terms, on a practical level, the least we can do is the best we can do to meet their needs. We've confined them. We've influenced them. We've made them dysfunctional on so many levels, both mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And it's it's a tough it's a tough request. It's a tough process, but it can be done one step at a time. It's like the more you immerse yourself in this lifestyle, in this choice of thinking this way and allowing yourself to feel this way and supporting yourself with people that support you in this journey, then it, the horse has so much to say. It's, it's, my horses have so much to say all the time. The more you listen, the more voice you give them and the more they understand that. And that is meeting their needs. It's like, I think for me, like you just said, um, Lydia, when you were giving the example of none of us, you know, I don't want to be dependent either in, in any which way. Um, but think of the horse as being such you know, the dichotomy uh, or the duality of the horse, should I say, is they travel naturally in herds and they're very, in a healthy way, dependent, interdependent and dependent on each other, but they're also free and wild and independent and magnificent in that strength. And there's that duality. They need both, you know, and, and here we've put them in a situation where they can't make any choices for themselves. They can't forage for what they need when they have an upset belly. You know, they can't they can't pick their friends. They can't pick where they want to go. They can't pick what they want to do. And so the other aspect of bringing this back to horsemanship, this conversation is for all of you that that know me or don't know me. This is how I develop horsemanship. This is how we become one, we move as one, and we ride as one with horses. And it is this beautiful, it is this magical, you can achieve every level of discipline, every level of riding, every level sport you want. But if we do it according to the horse, we will have the most divine experience because the horse is so giving and they will 
hold us on their backs like they have wings, they will take care of us and we will fly with them. I have experienced this with my horses. You guys have seen it on my YouTube channel, in my videos. You see this, it's real. It is attainable. There is this, 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 ah, I don't want to say juxtaposition. It's, it's, we've got to get to that step though, where we, we unlock that door, where we open ourselves up, as I say, the Tao of horsemanship is the way to all possibilities with horses. You must open yourself and your mind. You must open your heart. You must take that first step to believe that this is possible. And, and I it's just, speak to it about it's the least we can do. It's the least we can do. Yes. I want to speak to it about profit because it's so recent. Remember, like I had been teaching him yields and he's like giving yes. me the F you, right? He's like, no f you he's nope. still young and he's still young yeah, yeah he's got that like, and i want him to be young but but let me wait 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 i'm gonna back up and say he's not just young though this is who his personality is everyone stereotypes that he's young and i just did the stereotype oh he's young he'll grow out there's of that he'll want to grow out of that yeah there's more to it though yeah so cochise gets sand colic i have to get mats and sweet and put the food in and all of that. I spent a year ago, I spent months teaching him yields as best as I could without Profit. without creating frustration and a bad. And for path. those, tell people what you mean by yields. You're talking about steady pressure and getting him just to move away from you when you touch him. Yes. Skin to muscle to bone and still not moving. Bam, 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 still not moving and looking at me like, can you hit me any harder? And I'm like, Jesus. But when I had to start sweeping sand off the mats around him for food, I could go like this and he'd move over. He got it. He learned it, but there wasn't a reason to move over until he saw one. And then he was like, oh, that's what you want? Okay. Okay. You need to sleep that's out of your way. <laughs> no, that's so important, Lydia. Thank you for sharing that because so many people can identify. Yeah, yeah. I gave it up. She was talking about timing. And when I got back to it, guess what? The timing was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. He was really. Yeah, that's a, that's a deep one. Because how many of us have been told our horse is stubborn, willful, being dominant, being a brat, being pushy, being all these negative um, yeah. you know, behaviors when, how do we know what the horse is thinking? And why don't we figure out what the horse needs to, to learn? What is, what is it that this horse needed to learn or how, how can you make the learning work for them? Yeah. So that they understand and you don't have to get forceful with them and stronger with them. Yeah. That's it beautiful. Is, it's been so cool. Part of those spiritual laws or whatever we're looking at. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Awesome. Um, so Lydia, to wrap this up, my dear, our beautiful guest speaker, number nine, I think we had number eight. There's nothing identical for your 12 principles. Universal principles. Nothing is identical. No two horses are the same. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Yes. <laughs> number isn't that the truth? Number so yeah. No, yeah, that's in in course development or course training. It's like you you know to me there's a, there's like a universal um, education. You know, I, I'd like all my horses to. I think it's important that they learn certain things, just like us, to function and be well rounded. And um, what's yeah. the word I always say? Uh, versatile, versatile, you know, that they can do anything because they, they, they trust you. They have confidence. They're self-regulated. So, but it's no two horses are alike. So you can take the same exercise, the same lesson and apply it to all these horses, but no two horses is the same. They're not going to learn the same way. And that's where people get hung up with horse training is they're like, well, you've got a program, Caroline, and not, I've had, I've had professionals say this to my face. You have a program and not there is no one program that works for every horse. And I'm like, yes, there is. We all go to school and we all learn the same things in the same county, the same state, the same country, just about the same world. We we have the same kind of curriculum when we go to our, our, our elementary levels of education until we choose to specialize. We all are learning generally the same things so we can all get around in this world and have the same level of education understanding. But each horse like person is an individual and it's up to us to figure out how they learn best and how to how to help them learn that lesson that they need to learn so that we can have that language and that level of communication um number nine divine alignment is divine timing oh my yes Mm. yes well, you can talk about all of them but we'll just highlight them and then uh uh, tenants are only as strong as your weakest link. So that's a whole other uh, conversation. So yes, when we yes, become aware, we're not done. yeah, so when we become aware of what, what it is that we, we need to support ourselves the most with, um, then we can achieve our potential. So my, my, just briefly, my journey having physical, you know, challenges from birth was my weakest link. So until I learned how to support myself or heal myself in that way, and I continue to have to support myself, it's my first priority is to make sure that I eat my macrobiotic healing food. I don't deviate from that. I I know what my weakest link is. And as long as that weakest link um, is fully supported, then I can blossom. I'm not constantly collapsing. For other people, it could be emotional, mental, a lot of people, it's spiritual. There's the four pillars, right? Mental, emotional, physical, spiritual. But, but that's, I mean, that's um, an awareness for each person. Um, and then yin and yang are greater than willpower is number eleven. And and what does that really mean? So um, when Lydia was talking about um, you know addictions and that sort of thing, that. I've worked with many, many clients. I've worked with many clients with so-called addictions and and frequencies with that. And we don't want, we want to understand that um, the principles in the order of the universe are greater than just pushing through or willpower. Mm-hmm. And when we shift our frequency and can work with those principles, then anything like addictions are much, much easier uh, to, to work with, because again, we release that self-blame, um, and then embrace self-responsibility and then the tools that we bring in to support that. And so, 
there's a whole, there's a whole, I have a whole discussion around, around principle number 11, but yin and yang are greater mm-hmm. than willpower, meaning the principles that govern life are universal and our mind cannot override them. We think we can, but we can't because we're not just mental beings. We're not just intellectual beings. So I always say, I haven't met a person yet who can meditate or set an intention to stop the rotation of the earth. I, I haven't met that person. Um, and I, I support mindset. Don't get me wrong. I've worked with it since I was 10, but it's not, it's not the only aspect or like, um, you know, the law of attraction is so popular. That's only one principle, mm-hmm. right? There's many, many, many others. It's not so as a very brief example, yeah. if there are things coming to you in your life that are difficult or challenging, did you attract it because you need to work on that? Or maybe you attracted it because you have become so strong and, and got to the next level that you're able to support people who have that challenge or help shift that energy. Maybe it's not a reflection of you, of a mirror to you that you need to deal with that. Maybe it's the opposite, right? Maybe it's the fact that you can hold the space like a horse and hold a sacred space for others who are in all sorts of different states, you know, of being. I don't want to say fragmented, but that's kind of, you know, in states of struggle because you have the strength to, to, to help them. And there's no reflection on you at all. So the the the, the law of attraction um, has its merits, and it's certainly mm-hmm. valuable. But it's not the only principle that governs life. Um, so again, like I I don't know anybody who can just really set their mind to it and jump off an office building and fly. Like I don't know that person. <laughs> that is beautifully put. Oh, I love it. So that's yeah, why I, we have I, number 11. Go ahead. No, 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 that's fine. We're just cutting out a lot. I don't know if you can hear me, but I don't know if it's my Wi-Fi, but we're, I can hardly hear you guys. So, yes. Oh, sorry. No, you are cutting out and you are freezing a little bit. And I know Lydia was doing that a little bit too. Um, it just is what it is. Don't worry about it. We can't help that when we, when we do these, you know, long distance and country to country. But yeah, number 11 is huge. I can definitely see my life. Um, the yin and the yang are greater than willpower. I've, I pushed through so much for so many years to get to this place in my work. And I burnt myself out. And I'm coming back to that yin and yang, that balance and allowing that balance and that flow state to be my guide versus my intellect saying, you need to achieve this and then get to this and then get to this. And this will get you there. I'm like, no, go back to, go back to your roots, you know, go back to your intuition, go back to, to aligning yourself and finding that balance and that duality, the yin yang or duality, you know, there's contrast to everything. Don't fight them. I'm so, whether I've been taught or it's my, my nature, you know, just push through it you know, make it happen. Um, yeah, that's pretty powerful for me. Pretty powerful. Well, that can work to some degree. I mean, that can be, that can, that's a phenomenal quality. So, you know, when I work with clients, I always say we don't want to change. And also when I work with my wild Mustang spring roses, it's the same thing to her. She likes it. 
we don't want to change who you are. We want to develop, as you're saying, developing relationships with horses is training. We want to expand and develop who we are and bring our strengths. The ability to push through is a phenomenal strength and a phenomenal quality. And then you want to balance it, right? Yes. Um, yes. With other aspects of self to bring forth. So there's never a loss. There's never mm-hmm. a um, a change in terms of I shouldn't be who I am. Mm -hmm. It's I want to expand more. I want to be able to push through and create balance or know when to push through the art of living, knowing when, when do I apply that? And then when do I pull back? You know, that's the divine Mm -hmm. alignment, right? Is divine timing or what I was saying before, when, when you go out to the barn or the field and and suddenly your life changes because a horse is sick or, or in distress and, Weeks or months may take on a whole new meaning of of life. Yes. But that is divine alignment and divine timing because that's you're now in that flow state. That's that you've made that choice uh, to 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 be the steward, to to care for that horse. And you will be supported in everything else you do in life because Mm -hmm. you care for that horse. It just won't happen always immediately. And that develops self-regulation in all of us. That process in us and in the horse develops self-regulation. That's it definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yes, it, it can definitely do that. I mean, if I can say one, right. if I can briefly yes. say one thing, and we're finishing uh, to everyone who loves and cares for horses. If your life is difficult and you know you're not sure if you can continue to care for your horse look inside and see if there are other solutions where your horse can stay with you because this is this is such a huge aspect of horses ending up at auctions people think mm-hmm. that they don't have the ability to care for their horse the horse would be better with somebody else, their horse would be better off. I'm not saying those situations don't arise. I mean, we've taken in surrender horses where owners surrendered them to us mm-hmm. and we give them forever life. And sometimes there are times if there's serious illness or something, but oftentimes, you know, we're talking about the horse, you know, being in a human world, but the horse as as Caroline was saying, has come to be with you. And they don't have to always have all the fancy stuff. They love you. And they're mm-hmm. going to help you through the crisis. They just need to be have proper some proper care, even if it's a small little pasture. They don't love. have to be ridden all the time. Right? They don't have to be worked all the time. I mean, at no, our rate, no, no, no. We don't, we don't that's, have that's a, any of that. All our horses run around no. when they want to, and they come inside when they want to. And and yep. and and if I'm more busy, you know, if I can get help, I get help. If you know, if not, I balance that. But the horse, you know, the horses are divine spiritual beings that have come to be with you. And so don't despair. If you're in a life circumstance where you think you have to give up your horse and you don't want to, it's different if you want to sell your horse, but, but, and you don't want to, because it's spiritual connection. It's the love that the horse feels and that you will receive 
the spiritual and energetic support to help you get through what you're going through. And, you know, we all see and read and many people listening may have gone through giving up their horse and never knowing what's happened, uh, not knowing if they ended up in a kill lot. Mm. And, and so we want people who, who love their horses to reconsider that their horse is okay with them as long as you can provide you know, the basics for them. They don't have yeah. to be in a perfect environment of, you know, always taking them on trail rides or something. I just wanted to share that um, because mm-hmm. it's a huge part mm-hmm. of honoring yourself and honoring horses through your spiritual growth and connection. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. The amen to that and being a steward of the horse. Yes. There are too many that go to these kill lots and these auctions and someone, oh, my cat. Um, and also, like you just said, you know, there's, I have not been training, developing my horses. I won't say developing, I've been developing them all the time, but it's on a spiritual level and on a connection level. I have not been training them. They have not learned anything new in over three years. And we can pick up right where we left off because of the foundation and the relationship and the connection. So there's so much you can do with horses and both Lydia and I are available for anyone to contact us on what, what to do with your horse and how to continue this spiritual journey. And I can't thank both of you enough for this wonderful podcast. And we will be back. Hopefully Lydia Kalenchek and I will be doing this on a monthly basis or every four to six weeks so that we can continue, you know, spreading the word and helping it. Thank you, Lydia, helping anyone on their spiritual journey with with their horses, including training, how to make your training a spiritual journey. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I, just right. want plug, I just want to plug my book. So I have the book yes. um, Evolving on Purpose, co-creating with the divine with my chapter, The Divinity of Horses. Um, launching on Amazon on August 30th. So join our book launch event. We have free prizes. You can go to my Facebook pages, um, Instagram pages, and you'll find the link. And my chapter shares the story of um, how horses are divine beings and how we can connect with them. Beautiful. Oh my gosh, how beautiful. Oh, congratulations. Yay. Fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, bless everyone. Thank you so much. Yes, Lydia. Please the number 12, maybe. Oh, number 12 is the capacity principle. Know your limit, live within it. Oh, I like that. That's powerful. Yeah, well, we can dive in. We can dive into these. Another time. I don't want to go too long today. But that is, is, we got to. We got to go. <laughs> yeah, it's just how to live within your energetic capacity so you don't get overwhelmed, yeah. uh, go back mm-hmm. into old patterns, or get burned out. Yep. Yeah. What yep. we talked about yep. was meant to be talked about today. It was perfect. I love the it flow. Was. I love the flow. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Love you guys. And everyone, have a great rest of your day. Thank you. See you next time. <laughs>